The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Movies opening this week at Megaplex Theaters. Well, technically, two opening this week. One that opened in between weeks and may not be in theaters long. So if you want to see it, get there quick. Uh, and uh, also some local theater, more more local theater news to talk about. A great cause to get behind and enjoy. And uh, also some movie news and rumors. Welcome on in. It's the Movie Zone. I'm Austin Horton here with my best work friend on the Movie Zone, Adrian Lizer. I see what you did there. I can no longer say best friend at work because others have taken offense to that so really yeah huh yep they're jealous well, they're jelly i've never heard anybody else say it tony will get over it okay I don't, i'm just kidding it wasn't I'm so sick of the movie zone phone guy <laughs> he's back by the way he is back. we got movie zone phone guy back, he is back to work he came for once he showed up he finally agreed to our our salary that we offered him of yes. nothing. Yes, yes. And uh, so we're, we're the contract has <laughs> been signed, and uh, we're good to go. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm did good. you have a good All Star break? I did. I literally, I, I did nothing. Like I, did you get dressed? I was dressed mostly in like sweats and a hoodie. That sounds amazing. It was for four straight days. Did you leave the house? Uh, I did every once in a while. I was, and I was. Uh, it was nice. My parents were both out of town in different places. So, um, my mom was in New Orleans, and my dad was in Oregon. So I had to watch their house because they have a bunch of pets. So I just stayed there. Brought my dog. We just, I just stayed there. I was like, I had my own Airbnb, you know. And it's like just, your version of Doolittle. My dad, yeah, <laughs> like he like stocked the fridge with frosty beverages and that's how he paid me he paid me in beer and it was wonderful <laughs> and uh yeah it was great uh why do people who brought this up recently was it you that brought this up with me or was it tony it, 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 people instead they, they, we don't say beer we say frosty beverages yeah i think i you know i think it kind of like uh it Reminded me kind of what Rudy Gobert said at All Star Break, where he's like, "Wine's not a big thing in Utah," you know. And he laughed. It's kind of a funny moment. He was making a joke because yeah. there is I think a lot of wine aficionados yeah. in Utah. But I, yeah. I think it had to. It just has to do with the like environment we're in. It's there's probably more non-drinkers than drinkers because of sure. obvious reasons. And so, actually, no. You know what? I might challenge that. Maybe in Salt Lake City, but as a full as a state, you know, it's. You know, it's still majority of people who don't. So I would say majority, or at least belong to a religion that teaches against. Right, it. correct. And you know, they but, might still drink. Yeah, you're, you don't, you you're right about that. I've I've met plenty of you. Um, but uh, hey, not, hey no, by you, he by doesn't you, mean me. The royal you. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so and this town is just it's become downtown. Not to get it on the side, but the bar and restaurant scene is just blowing up downtown, and it's awesome to see in the brewery scene. But yeah, anyway, back to where I started. Sweats and sweatpants and video games for most of the time. What video games are you fancying these days? Uh, I've been playing a lot of The Division 2. That's what I've never I'm even heard of it. It's a what is it? Is it a role-play game? or It's like a you know post-apocalyptic shooter. So. First person? Third person. Third person. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I, oh, I don't remember the last time I played an actual like console paddle video yeah. game. Well, and like I, you have a, you know, a 
lovely wife and a beautiful daughter. You don't have time for said things. All I have to yeah. do is, is make sure that the dog gets outside every three to four hours. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'm a giant nerd, as people know. I talk about Harry Potter and stuff all the time. Giant nerd. So it was just fun to do nothing. And sorry if I ruined the show by not being there, but. The Tony and Austin yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. No, you, you didn't ruin the show okay, by cool. not being there. Darn it. You ruined it by... I was hoping you'd miss me. <laughs> we did. We did. See, and that's the... Uh, we, we do need to move on. But that is... Every time I miss producing the big show, uh-huh. or hosting with Tony, or hosting with you, and I say, how did things go? I want the answer to be... No problems. Everything went well. But a little part of me wants to hear, well, if you had been there, it would have been better. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But uh, so. it was great. And uh, glad to be back. And uh, yeah. jazz season is about to kick right back off this weekend. I, yep. saw, I saw the new Pixar film coming out that we'll talk about next week. Oh, you did see it. Because technically, as of this airing, I can't talk about it as far as Thursday goes. So oh, still on the still old... Still on uh, the old embargo. But uh, it's Onward, I can say. I saw Onward. and uh, You can say that? Yeah, I okay. believe so. And that, so <laughs> Well, you just did. <laughs> the next Pixar installment, and uh, we'll talk about that next week. I believe it comes out next... It does. Uh, two weeks from... No, it comes from, out next week. The ah. 28th, I want to say. Oh, I thought it came out in March. But either way... Uh, we'll talk about it in the next couple of weeks. So let's yeah. just do a quick little uh, search here. You're right, March six, but Megaplex has it on their website in February. Okay, well maybe we should send an email see. to movies, our old pals. Movies coming soon. Oh, there's. Oh, you know what? Coming up in news and rumors. I'll tell oh. you why I was confused. All right, perfect. Because there's some great news okay. and rumors about Onward at Megaplex Theater. Awesome. So we'll get into that, and uh, we'll have a quick Movie Zone phone here, Austin, because I really want to do as much space again for more interviews from your guys and dolls compatriots over there at the Hope Box Theater. So uh, that's enough rambling out of me about not putting clothes on. Well, who got a lot of money at the box office? Uh, Bad Boys for Life still leads the way for the year. Wow. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, nice $60 million opening domestically. So good for them. And uh, they made $125 million worldwide. So decent, decent. And uh, your year-to-date Bad Boys for Life, Doolittle, Birds of Prey, and the fab- Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Sonic the Hedgehog and The Gentleman are your top five. Is that the full name of yes. them? The Fantabulous? Yes. Emancipation of, of one, one Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yep. Well, no one's seen it. Uh, yeah. Even though it's on that list. It's 150 there. million. Hard with rated R. You know, rated R superhero movies. It's you one don't of get, those. Yeah. You don't get the same. I mean, Deadpool cracked it a little bit. Uh, they did really well, obviously. But in that, you know, Logan did okay. But you don't see as many rated R superhero movies because then, you know, the you don't bring out your kids to. And would you agree though that? Birds of Prey is a little more niche Certainly, than Logan yeah. and uh, Deadpool, for I sure. I would totally agree with yeah. you there. Yeah. Especially because Logan had such a... I mean, the X-Men had such a big following before that movie was even made. So. Might be the most well-known uh, comic book series of all time. Right. X-Men. Yeah, yeah. So. so. All right. Uh, let's dial out to the movie's own phone, because like you said, coming up in segment two, we're going to continue our celebration of Margot Flint yes. as she fights her battle against breast cancer. So uh, stay tuned for that. But right now, dial out to the movie's own phone. Three movies to talk about. Hello, and welcome to movie's own phone. 
of the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. For popular movies and showtimes, please press 1. For 1917, please press 1. For Bad Boys for Life, please press 2. For The Call of the Wild, please press 3. You've selected The Call of the Wild, starring Harrison Ford. For plot description, please say, tell me more. Tell me more. Buck is a big-hearted dog whose blissful domestic life gets turned upside down when he is suddenly uprooted from his California home and transplanted to the exotic wilds of the Alaskan Yukon in the 1890s. As the newest rookie on a mail-delivery dog sled team, Buck experiences the adventure of a lifetime as he ultimately finds his true place in the world. Call of the Wild is rated PG and earned a 70% fresh score from Rotten Tomatoes. For tickets at showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. I mentioned this briefly uh, either last show or the show before, Adrian. The Call of the Wild, I didn't re- I did not realize that they were uh, utilizing a computer generated animated dog. And, and all all the dogs, all all the animals are yeah, yeah. computer generated in this in this movie. Until I took a closer look at the, at, at the trailer and went, well, that's not a real dog. But that it took me taking a real good look to realize it was a computer animation. That's how crazy good animation is mm-hmm. these days. And we know about Jungle Book and Lion King, and they they can do all kinds of incredible animation. What do you did you ever read Call of the Wild? Yeah, I think kind of we all did. People of our age. What'd you think of it? Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, absolutely it's a hated it. Yeah, it was such a classic that it was. I almost felt like I was reading Shakespeare. Right. It was hard to understand it. Eleven years old. Right. At times, mm-hmm. and it was really hard to hold my attention. But on a movie, classic also doesn't necessarily mean something we. Like it's good all the time, right? Certainly, you know. What I mean? <laughs> Although classic does mean probably the majority find it good. Yeah, you'd be right about that. So. Uh, but as far as a movie portrayal of it goes, I think this looks really good and exciting. I'm going to give this one a go. Yeah, um, I, it looks. You know, I, I might. This might be a five dollar Tuesday for me, Austin. Okay. Just because it's not something I'm super like. Oh, I want to go see the Call of the Wild. But maybe it's something you take your. You know, if you've got a family, a, you know, family of four, and you take your kids who are. 10, 12 years old, and and this is the kind of movie that I think uh, Harrison Ford should be doing, you know? Less like trying to run around as Indiana Jones, and more as the grizzled old man who's up in the mountains. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's got a good cast, so you can't, can't deny any of that, and uh, if you like dogs saving the day, then this is perfect for you. Uh, I, I like Karen Gillan a lot. I like yeah. Dan Stevens and Bradley Whitford. I don't. I'm not familiar with Omar Sy though. What what is o- Omar Sy uh, known um, for? I don't. I'd have to. See. Yeah, we'd have to check that out. But I like getting to know lesser known actors and actresses and seeing what they can do. Yeah. He was in the Intouchables, Jurassic World, yeah. Inferno. Okay. So you might recognize it's like him. A French actors who did a lot of French. Unfortunately, uh, he and... was in Transformers: The Last Night. Yes, unfortunately. That's 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 not good to have on your resume but hey you were in it and i wasn't so maybe yes there you go but i i wasn't cut from a movie and you weren't huh he wasn't cut from a movie and you were which adrian i can't on disney plus i can't find the two scenes that i was in they now cut the, those out. Now, yeah for editing purposes they've got to be there they have to because the scene there, it's a it's a game. It's a hockey game, and it still is in the movie. Right. 
but the part where I'm an extra in the background is not because they, they showed they showed the scoreboard then they panned down to the crowd and i was there cheering right well yeah. and you know they say you know everyone is always listening at all times and we've bashed disney channel enough when it comes to that <laughs> particular thing and also we've taken our we've swung at some big boys austin we took some some haymakers at the mpaa at disney i regret nothing, I regret nothing <laughs> but now they're just completely scrubbing you from all things well they're probably making the right decision right, probably by the way i'm also annoyed at this Call of the Wild movie marketing campaign because every headline, every review says something along the lines of Call of the Wild, will you answer the call? Call of the Wild, Harrison Ford answers your call. Blah, 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 on and on and on. But it looks like it might be a fun enough movie. Family film, yeah. You'll you'll get what you think you're going to get out of Call of the Wild. Let's put it that way. Although the New York Post is not a fan of the CGI dog. New York Post says, CGI can't replace a real dog. You know what? I'm fine with them replacing animal actors in in roles. Sure. Because it protects real animals. Now, yeah, there are those the that take care of their animals well. Yeah, yeah. But the trade-off is it doesn't look real, necessarily. It looks real mostly. But, like, you know it's not a real dog. I didn't! I but, didn't. But I think if you would have actually, like, if you sat down and watched the trailer start to finish... The first time you looked at it, you would have been like, oh, that's a CGI dog. They should have just CGI'd Harrison Ford. Right. <laughs> and I got news for you. I bet most of this wasn't filmed on a glacier. In the wild? Right, yeah. <laughs> the call of the wild I'm was... I'm pretty sure most of it's The call CGI. of the soundstage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's dial back out to the movie's own phone. Two more offerings this week at Megaplex Theaters. Popular movies and showtimes, please press 1. For Doolittle, please press 1. For Ford versus Ferrari, please press 2. For Downhill, please press 3. You've selected Downhill, starring Will Ferrell and Julia Lewis Dreyfus. For plot description, please say, Tell me more. Tell me more. A woman starts to have second doubts about her husband after he runs away from an approaching avalanche, leaving her and their two sons behind. Downhill is rated R and earned a 4.8 out of 10 rating from imdb.com. For tickets and showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. This came out technically last week, end of last week. It's a Will Ferrell movie. Mm -hmm. Julie Lee Dreyfus getting back into things, which is interesting enough to me to take a look and maybe give it a shot. But you heard the rating there. You heard how well it's not doing. And it's just... It's, it is what it is. It's Will Ferrell has become a check collector who cashes in on two or three incredible roles in movies, and people keep paying him to make other movies that are just terrible. Yeah. And this is a don't go for me. Yeah, it's it's not really a go for me either. Um, I am such a fan of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. From Seinfeld to Veep, where she won like seven straight Emmys for her role as uh, as the vice president, um, but this just doesn't really look that good to me. And Will Ferrell, I find him very funny, but I haven't found a movie of his lately very funny. Well said, that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Daddy's Home or whatever that was, that was okay. Sure. And I, I think he's a like 
awesome interview. Like he's so good on when he goes on shows and yes. things like that. He's, he's so, an entertainer. He's an entertainer. He's hilarious. But uh, and this is technically based on a true story. Have you ever seen that viral video where the dad leaves his family as the avalanche yeah. approaches yeah. the ski lodge? Yeah. But then they made a whole movie out of that one moment? Yeah. How good could it possibly be? So there you go. All right. One more movie. I'll tell you right now, I don't care for it, but I'll bet Adrian's got something to say about it. movies and showtimes, please press 1. For Birds of Prey, please press 1. For Fantasy Island, please press 2. For Brahms, The Boy 2, please press 3. You've selected Brahms, The Boy 2. For plot description, please say tell me more. Tell me more. When a young family moves to the Hillshire's residence, terror strikes when a boy from the family discovers a dog called Brahms that appears to be eerily human. Brahms, The Boy 2, is rated PG-13. For tickets at showtimes, please visit megaplextheaters.com. Adrian? Uh, if you like creepy dolls, this is for you. <laughs> so, if you are Satan... Yes. Thank you for listening, uh, I guess, technically, because we don't want anyone to not listen. Right. We are all inclusive here on the movie and zone. here's a movie for you. No. From <laughs> Satan to on high, we've got everything for you. Uh, I did not know there was a Brahms the Boy 1. I'll tell you what, though. There is There are certain things in the horror genre, the horror genre, that um, <laughs> always creep people out. The haunted doll is always creepy. The haunted toys are always creepy. And then, like, maybe, like, an empty swing set swinging by itself to ring around the rosy, and the, you just hear a little child singing ring around the rosy. Like, that's always creepy, too. So, you know what? Ashes, ashes. Right, yeah. yeah. I fall down. Yeah, yes. So, there you go. There you go, I Katie. Just terrified everybody. Katie Holmes. There you Good go. Good for her. I don't. What are you doing? But, okay. <laughs> She's collecting a check. Yep, exactly. This, the, the, the pictures of this. So, it's a boy... That turns into a doll? No, no, the doll is haunted. But the boy plays with the doll? Yes, well, they move into this classic. It's a tale as old as time, Austin. Family moves into old cro- uh, crookedy house that no one has purchased for 70-odd <laughs> years, right? <laughs> tale as old as time, sure. Yeah. yeah, they go into this home, <laughs> this mansion built on some sort of ancient burial ground. Of dolls. Of dolls. A, dolls, a doll graveyard. Boy exploring home finds said doll in the creepy basement next to the... The old boiler. I and assume they throw Brahms the doll into the boiler at the end of the and movie. He laughs I don't know. at them. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, no thanks. Mom searching through old closets finds pictures of Brahms the doll in all of these old families. Where they never saw the doll. Right, exactly. But there he is in the picture. Yes. So uh, and then suddenly it's standing behind her. Much like a tale as old as time, Beauty and the Beast. This is the same thing. All right. Well, thanks for making my point that this is a don't go. It is a not go. All right. uh, To review, Brahms, The Boy (laughs) 2, Downhill, even more of a, and uh, The Call of the Wild. Sure. Why not? You're giving it a $5 Tuesday. I'll go see it. Why not? All right. Coming up next, 
from a mediocre offering at the movie theaters, as far as new movies, to a must-see, don't-miss, can't-wait-to-have-you-out-to-see local live production of Guys and Dolls. And it's not just that. It's about Margot Flint currently fighting for her life. Tell you about it next here on The Movie Zone. Locked on to the movie zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Segment two of the movie zone. Thanks for tuning in this week. Soundtrack of the week. Why not? Harrison Ford's got a new movie out, Call of the Wild. Maybe no other song attached to an actor more than this song in Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones. Right. Which I've got Indiana Jones news for segment three coming up. And it's how are we going to get all this news in? I don't know, but we'll have to we'll have to hurry. I'll stick with one story. OK. Uh, and we also have Pixar and Megaplex news to get yes, to as well. Yeah. So that all being said, uh, I appreciate you letting me continue to talk about the project I am passionate about. And yes. I think a lot of our listeners, every one of our listeners has been touched by cancer in one way or another. Yes. It's the evil monster of our time. And we have to continue to try and fight and do what we possibly can to not just fight against cancer and look for a cure, but to buoy up and help those among us that are fighting it themselves. Yes. And uh, one of those people is Margot Flint of Kaysville. She's got a rare triple negative inflammatory breast cancer that it it's not like regular cancers it can start as just a small little rash and then all of a sudden you have it really really bad and you never knew never even saw it coming and she's fighting she just finished chemo and radiation and there's a theater in Kaysville called hope box hope box theater re on theater hopeboxtheater.com guys and dolls yes i'm in it uh, I play Nathan Detroit on uh, half of the nights. There's just a few shows left, and the proceeds go to Margot to help her, to help buoy her up and pay for her medical bills and just give her some, to use the word, hope mm-hmm. in, a, in the time of her most need. And so I've sat down with a bunch of my fellow castmates to get their background, their stories, to find out why they do uh, this uh, local theater, why they're passionate about the fight against cancer at Hope Box Theater. Paul Nilsson. Yep. How do you spell Nilsson? N-I-E-L-S-O-N. O-N. Got you. Yeah. All right. Here with Paul. Paul plays brother Arvide Abernathy. Yes. Abernathy. 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 Yeah. And uh, we had a funny thing happen the other night. My character, I, I, don't, I can't take the blame, it was my character, called someone else by your character's name, and that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. So <laughs> That was a great night. Uh, is this, uh, how many shows have you done here at Hopebox? So this, will, this is my fifth show. It's okay. my fourth in a row. Wow. So I did the last four shows. Is this the only place you play? No, I've done shows at the Ziegfeld Theater. In Ogden, and I've also done community theater. I was also a stage manager for Much Ado About Nothing over at OPA. Oh, cool. What is it about Hope Box that has you coming back? So the neat part about Hope Box and the thing that keeps me coming back is the aspect of this is about service. It's not about doing it because I love theater, although that's, of course, the reason that I even got started with theater. But it's... 
a matter of serving someone else that could use some help right now in their life. And my whole life is now dedicated to mostly doing that, where all I'm all I'm here for is to serve people and help. You say your whole life is now dedicated to that. Is that did that turn because of your attachment to theater and the it whole did. box theater? Yes. So tell did. us about that. What do you mean by your whole life is dedicated to that? So an interesting story is that I woke up one Saturday morning with a migraine and my wife said, your daughter wants to go and try out for a play. And uh, <laughs> I said, please just take her. I, I just want to die. Yeah. And she said, well, you can either take her or stay home with the two energetic boys <laughs> who love their dad. So I was driving her to the theater and everything. And we got her into the whole sign up process and everything. And I thought that all they did were junior plays at this community theater. And my daughter turned to me while she while we were waiting for her to go in. And she said, Dad, why don't you try out? <laughs> it looks like there's adults that are trying out because they've got numbers on them and everything. And so I said, OK. And so I walked over. Just that simple. It wasn't that simple. I had you done like, theater before? I had never done theater before. I was <laughs> I was always in the pit because I played the drum set in high school. Oh, cool. And so I've always played the music part of things, and I never was really in theater, although I love to sing. I've been singing since I was probably three years old. Oh, good. Just cool. Singing, singing, singing. That's all. Just kind of on a whim. Yeah. So on a whim, very, very odd circumstance, but they made me... Daddy Warbucks in Oliver, or in Annie, I mean. Oh, cool. They made me Daddy Warbucks in Annie. Was that the Annie here at Hope Box? No, oh, okay. that was at, at the Clearfield Community Arts Center. That was okay. four and a half years ago okay. when I started that one. And so I spent, you know, the next four months going through the whole process of theater. But because it was something that really kind of resonated with me for some reason, I really did a lot of research on it and figured out what was going on with it. And from that came a complete life change because I was just one of those people. I've always been the mediocre person that just never, you know, puts himself out there. I just go to work and I get my job done and I do a really good job. And then I don't, I just go home and don't worry about anything. But since I got into theater, my whole life changed because I saw my daughter change. I saw my daughter, all of a sudden she was more interactive with lots of different types of people she was also very interactive with even the kids that were in the production. Mm. And so I, I asked her a little bit about it. She said, well, it's just I can see that even the guy that just gives you a newspaper in the show and he doesn't do he doesn't have lines. He maybe sings a little bit, but there's nothing else. His without him being in the play would mean that the play is completely different. Wow. Just the simplest person. How old play. was she when she said this? So this was when she was 15. Wow. Pretty insightful. Yeah. Wow. But see, then I thought about it and I'm like, there's got to be something here. And so I did a lot of research, personal research, and I found several psychologists, including one by the name of Izzy Kalman, who came up with a fun little bully proofing game where he teaches kids how to talk to a bully so that they the bully doesn't take advantage of them and they end on equal playing field. Wow. And you've written a book along right. those lines. Right. And so the book is called Remember Your Role, The Cheat Code for the Bullying Game. Because when I was a kid, I used to love playing video games, but I hated when I just couldn't get past that one level because the guy was just 
seemingly invincible. Yeah. And so then I'd find the code that was the God mode. <laughs> and then I'd just wipe out the rest of the game. Yeah. Right? And feel better about yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, hey, I did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, again, the name is? Remember Your Role, the cheat code for the bullying game. And where can we find it? It's on Amazon. Okay. Right now. Yeah. And uh, is this for anybody who... It, would you direct it to only those who have dealt or are dealing with or have children dealing with bullying? Or is this something that everyone can benefit from? Well, see, bullying doesn't stop at the kids. That's where it starts. As a matter of fact, it starts as young as like three, four-year-olds, mm. you know, the ones that are just getting into the preschool stuff. I mean, bullying starts right there. Wow. And nobody really realizes what it's what it has to it, but it it goes throughout the rest of your life. And so understanding the principles behind what's going on with the bullying, which means the bully is also a victim. The bully is just trying personally. This is my personal belief is that every single person in this world is trying to do the best they can with the tools that they've been giving, given based off of their heredity, their environment, and the people that they deal with on a daily basis, right? And so we're trying to do the best that we can. But when you hear someone bullying someone else, it's because they're feeling peer pressure or they're feeling some sort of need to exact a power upon someone else. Wow. And it may be based off of something that has hurt them in the past or has hurt their family in the past. And they don't even they may not even realize that they're really bullying, but it's just one of those pieces that's part of their life. And so to help them understand it by just being cordial, being the nice guy and just letting them have their moment, all of a sudden now you are on the same playing field. So what I teach in the book is I teach people to thank the bully for their time to give them a genuine compliment and to turn it around and just say, you know what, I can see why you would feel that way. Even if it's not true for you, for him, it's real. Validates that. Yeah. And so it validates their point. And then all you do is just ask them for advice. Hmm. So thank them for their time. Give them a genuine compliment. Tell them that you understand their side of it. And then ask them, what can I do to be better? Which gives them a role of validity yeah. in your life. And they feel like, oh, my gosh, and I mean gives, something to this person. Right. And it gives them that power that they're looking mm. for. But without you giving away power. You cheater. You're cheating. <laughs> we like it. That's it. Uh, why should people come see this, this guy, Guys and Dolls at the Hope Box? Guys and Dolls is all about And besides that. me. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, real, you're yeah. the main reason that people should come, for I'm sure. Just, yeah, go see the other cast. No, <laughs> no, the thing is, is that I'm humbled because the, the talent that is involved in this cast and in this production is top-notch. I would put it up against any production of any professional facility because really we have put so much time and dedication into it. But the talent that's ingrained in everybody that's here is just so incredible. It really is amazing. And to see it at that level at such a small community theater is just crazy. For $18, you get a ticket to come and see a production that is totally, totally, totally worth 40, 50, 60 dollars. Yeah. I mean, I've done productions with Ziegfeld. We've gone up to um, the Egyptian theater up in Park City. And those tickets are 60, 70 dollars mm. 
And I would put this show up against any of those wow. because it is that good. It's a great show. And you, the entertainment that you get, the laughs that you'll get, you'll cry about a couple of things. I mean, it's just amazing the story that's being told. And then the biggest reason on top of all of that is that it helps someone who's struggling right now in their life. Absolutely. Well said. Well, and thank you for the compliment on behalf of the cast I, around you. Yeah, I That's truly cool. believe it because I'm like amazed that I'm even part of this, really. <laughs> well, you would know. You would know. Thanks, Paul. Thank Appreciate you. it. Here with Sean Jordan. What role do you play in the show, Sean? Uh, I'm Scranton Slim, uh, as well as known as an ensemble cast member. You are the best Scranton Slim <laughs> that ever did Scranton Slim. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> Are you a fan of The Office? Um, yeah, I would I say so. I can't think of Scranton Slim without wondering if he would be a good uh, side character in The Office. Oh, no, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, why, what, what do you like about Hope Box Theater? Why are you interested in being an actor? Uh, well, I've been uh, pursuing my dream as an actor ever since I was very, very little. Uh, my first show that I've done in a... Uh, stage performance wasn't when I was at the age of six music man. Mm. Um, and I've really honestly <laughs> have just had the desire to entertain ever since I was very little, like, I don't know, four, maybe. Mm. And it seems a, very much a family affair for your mom's in the show. Mm. Your siblings are, are uh, actors and, and into the, is this something that you guys have always done as a family? Uh, yes. Every once in a while, uh, sometimes us family members would be in similar shows. I think I, me and my father have done the most, more of him during his high school years and more of me during, uh, my years. Although I wasn't in participant in, uh, high school performances, but at the age of that, but at that age, mm -hmm. I was doing performances in musicals. Oh, okay. So you, you were acting in high school. Uh, yeah, at the age of high school, yes. Gotcha. Uh, what, do you, what, what do you get out of acting? What, how does it affect your personal life positively? Well, honestly, in some ways, it's a small escape. Um, it's getting me out of uh, uh, my troubles in life. Um. This is a tough question. What troubles do you have? What what, what does it help? Well, us? in my personal opinion, I'm, I'm not really one to like the world. I've always been anxious about it, I would mm -hmm. say. Uh, but yes, definitely, I can see that uh, entertaining uh, others is definitely a healthy way to express how I f can uh, make a small difference in the world. Yeah. You use two words that I think are brilliant, escape and express. Because, yes, acting and performing is an escape, like you said, mm -hmm. from things that might be bothering you or, or uh, hurting you. But then it's not just an escape. You then channel it into an expression for positive returns and positive outpay yeah that what what do they do here at hope box and the mission of hope box in that fashion that that has you enjoying performing in this theater so much so what's hope box goal or what's 
Michael, I, I, I guess, I guess. So the hope, the goal of the goal of Hope Box, okay, of course, to help people in the community fighting for their lives and uh, to help them financially and spiritually, emotionally. How does that uh, impact your performance each and every night? I would say no difference, but I do support the idea. It is definitely a good cause. Gotcha. Uh, how many shows have you been in? Do you even know? Uh, performing at Hope Box or performing all together? Yeah, I cannot count. Yeah, but I can definitely guarantee five. Okay, gotcha. Well, Sean, thanks so much. You're doing a great job. Really enjoying yeah. your your work in this show. I, Come see Sean play Scranton Slim, Hope Box Theater, guys and dolls. I do hope to pursue my acting career into filming, okay. probably as voice actor. Great. Hire him. Definitely. Be interested. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. This is Charlotte Jordan. And your family, we talked to Sean earlier, your son, but your family is all about this world. We love theater. Yes, we do. Why uh, is that? I think it gives us the opportunity to be somebody else and we get to, we all love singing. We all love to act out. We, we love to have goofy voices sometimes. We'll mute a movie, put on the subtitles and pretend to be a part just for fun sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's terrific. Yeah. Lots of good memories, I'm sure, from that. Uh, how many shows have you done here at Hope Box? This is my third show. What were the other two? I did Freaky Friday, and, um, the props for Freaky Friday, and I did um, Annie as well. And are you always the prop master? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, with Annie, I was not. Um, in other shows, um, I've been ensemble. Sometimes I've done set design. Um, this is my third time doing props. How, why, what got you into doing props and where have you learned your, cause you're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. They're, in our first review, they, they mentioned the props, which never get yeah, run. They never get mentioned, yeah. which was pretty cool. Um, I actually am just self-taught when I was a little girl, <laughs> I used to try to create things out of other things. I guess it was just something that my mind is drawn to. Um, I actually got started because they needed a volunteer to do the props for a show and I was part of their cast, and I said, well, I'll help. Mm -hmm. And then they said, you really should do more of this. So there you go. We're glad you did. <laughs> tell us about, I mean, you could tell us a story about all the props, but the donuts, I think, is a really special story. Oh, yes. So the donuts are related to the Salvation Army, and in our show we have the Save a Soul mission, and they're based off of the Salvation Army. So um, we're, our show takes place in 1938, and... Um, it mentions serving coffee and donuts in the mission. And when I was doing research about what kind of donuts did they have in that time period, I found out that the Salvation Army were the ones that started the first National Donut Day, um, which was the first Friday in June in 1938. So I thought that wow. was kind of fun and decided to also put an ad for it in the mission newspaper that we have in the scene um, because that would have been something they were announcing at you know, hey, and the whole reason that they have um, National Donut Day was to honor the donut dollies. And they were the women from the Salvation Army that would go to the front of the lines in World War One, and they would make donuts for the soldiers in their helmets. They'd fry them up in their helmets. So in they, the soldiers' helmets? Mm -hmm, wow. Yeah. So they called them doughboys, and they called the girls <laughs> donut dollies. I mean, what? That's such... That's almost like a sacred event in history because, <laughs> like, some, a lot of those guys, that was the last thing they ate on earth yeah, before they gave the ultimate sacrifice. And yeah. That's amazing. And every prop you see 
in Guys and Dolls. Charla had a hand in it, if not the full thing done by herself. <laughs> and it's not like you mentioned, you could have just made donuts and no one would ever even have known that. Well, that's not historically accurate. That, right. that wasn't the right kind of donut. But you took such care and time to find out what kind of donut to make the newspaper with actual stories in it that yeah. reply to the show makes a big difference. Um, why should people come see not just Guys and Dolls while we're doing this, but come to Hope Box and support? Well, Hope Box, um, as several people know, their mission is to bring hope to families battling cancer through the performing arts. And for me personally, I lost my father-in-law to cancer and also um, some other close family members and and friends. And it's a it's a hard thing to go to, not just for that individual, but their entire family um, and, and loss as well, just in general, is hard to deal with. And so knowing that there's something that I get to do that I enjoy, like making props or singing and performing on stage, but that is going to help somebody else as they're struggling through a major um, trial in their life, then yeah, I'm all about that for sure. And who do you play in this show? I play Agatha Abernathy. Um, I'm uh, Sarah's aunt in the show. And you have some of the funniest moments in the show <laughs> because, and it doesn't, it doesn't actually have to be a line. It's not a, yeah, I don't have any lines other than what the whole ensemble says, which <laughs> right. is hallelujah. But you still get a couple of moments in the show where it's your personality, your yeah. character that you've built, her personality gets to shine and... I'm telling you, it's every single actor in this company. There is a reason to come to the show just for them. And you're included in that. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, and it's a joy to play alongside you. As well. Oh, hey. <laughs> I told her to say that. Thank you, Charlotte. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Here with Jan Williams and Amy Turner. Jan, you are, along with Amy, the founder of Hope Box Theater. Jan is the founder. <laughs> and Amy was dragged. I mean, uh, agreed yes, to come with yes, you. Yes, okay. Amy, basically, I coerced her to come and join me on this crazy adventure. <laughs> and she probably thought I was nuts. And she's nuts enough to join me. What is the crazy adventure? What is Hope Box Theater? Oh, my gosh. Anytime you embark upon something that you don't know what the outcome will be. You don't know if it's going to be successful. You don't know. I mean, at that time when I actually um, asked her to be a part of this, I was still going through chemo treatments. So I was bald from head to toe. I didn't even have my prognosis. I was still in treatments. I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, if it was gone, if it was still there. So I'm sure she was looking at me like, you are crazy. (laughs) What are you thinking about doing? And um, is that a good thing to do? But, uh, yeah, so, um, but she kept having these dreams. Yeah. Basically, basically I had, um, I was in my, probably my last like couple rounds of chemo, um, for ovarian cancer. And, um, I had a group of my students that came and sang to me one night. Showstopper kids, yeah, yeah, because I have I've taught um, showstoppers, um, which is a theater program for, for kids. younger, younger yeah. people, yeah, four to eighteen, yep, four to eighteen years old, and um, I had to actually quit um, during my treatments because I just couldn't just couldn't do it. Right. Um, but anyways, um, I was at a really kind of a low low part of the treatments where your body like kind of shuts down and you're just you know pretty down and out, and uh, yeah, they showed up on my doorstep. Um, saying to me, uh, seasons of love from rent, um, for good from, from wicked. Um, I mean, all those songs that, I mean, I was, I I can't explain it. I always try to explain it, but I can't explain the feeling that I had when I opened up that door 
and saw those students out there and then heard their voices. I, it, it shocked me so much. I literally shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shut the door because I was just like, I just couldn't believe that they were there. And, I, and it, it just overwhelmed me so much. And then I had to come like open back the door and go back, you know, outside. Well, and she was super frail and had her head wrap on yeah. and bald. Yeah. And, this and, is the lowest where yeah. you were yeah. In, yeah. The, in the journey. Wow. Yeah. Pretty low. Yeah. yeah. Um, needed. Needed to pick me up. Let's put it that way. And they they came through. As matter of fact, at that point, I believe um, I actually couldn't have treatment because my blood count blood count was so low and everything. Right. And so I was feeling really, you know, I mean, thinking I'm not on schedule. I'm never going to get done with this. I'm, you know, all the, all that um, had to come to Jesus talk. Whereas basically, you know, if you die, you know, that's what you what's going to happen, <laughs> um, type of thing. And so it was really one of those moments in my life that um, literally was life changing. Um. I, I can't explain it more than that because it literally touched my soul. Um, and, and that's what brought her hope. That's yeah. That's what brought me hope. And, um, that night I could not sleep. I was, I, cause I was so overwhelmed by the love and the outpouring of love and just how it made me feel that it's like, I couldn't sleep. And these thoughts just kept coming to my head over and over and over. And it was hope. And it was like, how, what can I do? How can, how can I bring this to other people? How can I let them feel what I feel and, 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 and pay back and all that stuff. And I remembered, I was thinking about hope and how you basically just hold it onto a thread. And then I remembered a box theater, you know, theater in the box. And it was like, hope box, hope box, hope box. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start a theater. <laughs> just like, like that. Just like that. Like, oh my gosh, I'm starting a theater. Call me that. Yeah. That night. I, I mean, I hurried and grabbed my notebook sure, and I was like writing, I was scribbling and I was like scribbling exactly, you know, kind of what I was thinking, how, how I would, how I would run it and, and all this stuff. And, and after I got done, I was like looking at it and just thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how am I, how am I going to do this? And so, um, I started with just, um, asking some women to come over and I shared my, vision. shared my vision shared my vision. And then it was like, um, and Amy was one of them. And, you know, Amy, as I was, as we were leaving, she said, Jan, you know, basically wherever you go, I go. Right. Well, because I mean, I've never been through cancer, but I suffer with depression and anxiety and mental illness. And so, um, I had taught with her for years before her ovarian cancer with showstoppers. And that is what saved me. And that's what got me out of bed was teaching those kids. Wow. And so when she was going through all of that, I said, wherever you go, I'll go because it has saved my life. I haven't been through cancer, but it has gotten me out of bed and given me yeah. purpose and hope as well. Otherwise, I would have gone loony bins, you know? Yeah, right, right. So when she said that, I mean, all the other women were like, well, help where we can. Yeah, I just, like, I don't, yeah, it was just like, you know, and Amy was just like, she just stopped it. I remember she stopped me in my foyer. I waited until everybody yep. left. Yep, and she stopped me in foyer and she said, I'm in. Wow. Uh, wherever you go, whatever you do, I'm in. And she was literally the first person that was in. I, I love when you walk in Hope Box Theater here in the lobby, you see the wall of hope. Yeah. And you see the, the plaques yeah. The recipients. How many there are, yeah. And it's not just them. Yeah. But it's their families and their friends who fight oh, next yeah. to them and, and oh, with I, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the idea that theater, something fun and beautiful and weird and quirky like oh, yeah. theater is, yeah. brings such... To use a word, hope. Oh, absolutely. You to know, people who need it the most. That's what I would do because I would go to treatment on Fridays. And so I spend all day in, at chemo and then we would go and, and see a musical that night. Hmm. 
And, and, and I needed it because yeah. I mean, here I am feeling like the life is getting sucked you know, literally sucked out of me, you know, the life is getting sucked out of me. And I would go and I would leave just feeling lighter, just feeling good. And, and uh, that's where we kind of, that's kind of where that all kind of came. And then just, it just all fell into place. And honestly, when I look at that wall of hope, I think, uh, not just the people, not just the people that are on there, but I think about everyone that's helped me, like help them, you know, like, like, like you have no idea the amount of people she directed the first show we did here. We directed, stage managed, choreographed, costumed, set, set design, design, everything. And we were in and it. Music. And music. And we were in it. Yes, and we were in it. Yes. <laughs> the whole show. Like Yeah. And it, it was, was it was nine to five about empowering women and yep. and she was just like, This is the first show I want to do. It's all about yep. women and empowering them and, and I was like, Yep, let's do this. And, and it was it was a success. It was the hardest thing ever. Yeah, oh yeah. It went and and we were both directing our own shows with showstoppers yeah. at the same time. Oh, you know. Oh yeah, just a little yeah. show on the side. Yeah. Just, it was a, just another little yeah. hobby. Yeah. And that's the thing, is like nothing that is worth it is easy is easy. easy. Never is. And um, those who think it's easy. They have no idea. Yeah. But that's also what makes it so sweet. Yeah. Because I, we remember the, the oh, tears, hard. the sweat, the, oh my gosh, what are we doing? This is nuts. And is this ever going to happen? I mean, but we yeah. didn't have electricity. There was, there was a show, time that we didn't have electricity. We, we were rehearsing. We were rehearsing with floodlights. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, and and, and small little heaters, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's why it's so incredible. It's like, it's not just that we have affected these people that have, that have dealt with what I know, um, the firsthand, how it feels and their families and their community, because we know it affects more than just them. We, I mean, it affects, it affects the whole family and their friends and neighbors. And that's why we have, that's why we want them to come on closing night. We want to have them all come so they can experience it together, you know, a night out together. Um, and not just that, you know, just the one person. Um, but but it's it's hundreds of volunteers and it's the people who volunteer their time to be in the shows. I mean, this is a nonprofit. Yes. All volunteer. And, and not that, I mean, we, we attract great Great talent. Like, I mean, for a small, little, tiny theater, the amount of talent that we have attracted is incredible. Well, not only that, but the amount of the generosity yeah. of the people that we bring in yeah. is, uh, it's unbelievable how much people give back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give me your name and how to spell it. Uh, my name is Danielle Tannerelli and it is T-E-N-E-R-E-L-L-I. Danielle, what, what, how long have you been in theater? Oh, uh, since high school, in the mid-90s. And Guys and Dolls was my first show. Was it really? Yeah. What'd you play? Nicely. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. That was the first time I ever acted, too. Ever? Yeah. And you yeah. got that big of a yeah. role. That's awesome. I was doing tech support. Well, I was doing tech, not tech support, tech. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I wasn't really, like... I mean, I could always sing because my mom was a singer, so I had like natural singing talent. Uh-huh. But I never learned, and I never really cared. I was more into like building sets and painting and things. And uh, my senior year, my teacher, uh, David Weeks, he um, he was my drama teacher my senior year. And he said, uh, everybody has to audition for the musical, in- including tech. And I was like, oh, wow. OK. And so I did. And I sang Mac the Knife. And uh, he was like, oh, and I didn't even, you know, honestly, I didn't even think anything of it. I just thought like, oh, OK, I'm just going to go and do it. And whatever. Let's get it over with. You yeah. know? And then. um 
yeah. And then I did the callback thing and, and it was weird. And I remember when I first got it, I was sitting by my locker here and all of these people that were, cause I, you know, I was backstage, all these people that were doing theater were like, you're so awesome. I can't believe it. I just don't believe it. She just came out of nowhere, you know? So I've always kind of been a come out of nowhere kind of person. So, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be a come out of nowhere person? And then you, you made this your profession for a long time. I, well, I did sort of, I, I did semi pro and then I did a, a it, technically it was pro uh, regional tour. It was based on the revival version. And I was in that and I, I made like, I mean, you don't make that much. And this was, this was 96. So I, mm-hmm. I, I went down to SUU and then I got cast in this tour cause I, I auditioned in Vegas and, uh, that was cool. And then, um, they were like, well, we're not going to pay you much because, well, I'm like, well, I don't really care. And so I took, you know, the semester off. Actually, I think it was quarters back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, college. probably, yeah. And so I just did that and then uh, did the tour for three months. And, you know, the funny thing is the nicest theater we played at was the Eccles and Logan. Oh, really? Yeah. Throughout the whole tour? I think it was brand new renovated. It was so nice. Mid-90s? Yeah, probably. Yeah, was, yeah, it was 96. So yeah. it was like uh, I had my own um I had a, I had a dressing room, but I shared it with like three people, but I, nobody was ever in there yeah. and I had a shower and that was the weirdest. Wow. <laughs> all right. And here at Hope Box, we all just find whatever corner we can. And yeah. I don't know if there is a dressing room here, is there? <laughs> no, we just find a room and call it good, uh, which is a part of the charm of this place. I really, yeah, I really yeah, like yeah. that it's. Well, I like that everybody's all together and we you know can BS to each other. Yeah. But then you also worked on movies and went to California. I did. Well, yes. So after I graduated college, so I was a theater major at Weber State and I got kind of disillusioned with, with theater there. And there was very, it was very clicky. And if you weren't best friends with some of the teachers, you wouldn't get cast in anything, no matter how good you were. And uh, so that was my major. And then I was, uh, my minor was, my, my minor was art and originally it was history. Then it was art. And so I started doing, so I just switched my, my major and minor. And uh, said, forget the theater department. And, you know, no offense to them, but I just at the time I was like, forget it. And uh, started doing art and I graduated in uh, 2008 with uh, an art major, um, 2D emphasis, which is painting mm-hmm. technically, because 3D is like ceramics, you know. Yeah. So I did that and uh, I, I was here until 2010 and I wasn't getting too far here and I was living in Salt Lake and things, you know, it was okay. All my friends are getting married and moving away and having kids and stuff. And I was just kind of by myself and a friend of mine who uh, worked on Polar Express and he worked on um, all the stuff at Image Movers. It was like the, the Christmas Carol movie and Mars Needs Moms. And I guess they were working on Yellow Submarine, but it got canned. Mm. Um, he was like, I was like, how do I get out of Utah? And he goes, well, just apply to Art Center in Pasadena and see if you can get in. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And so I applied to it and I applied to the entertainment uh, uh, section of, Pas- of Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. And uh, I got I, I applied to, for entertainment design, which they only take 17 per semester, 17 mm. people. And I actually got it. And, and then I got there and they were like, oh, it's not that hard. <laughs> we say we take 17, but, you know, <laughs> just like, okay. So why Hope Box? Why should people come see this show? Why should they or why? Why? Why do you do Hope Box <laughs> why theater and why should people come? Well, I was turned on to it by a friend of mine who's the choreographer of Sunny. And uh, she uh, mentioned on Facebook about Guys and Dolls. And I was like, you know what? This is my fifth time doing or th- This is my fifth time doing it, but I had done it four other times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well... I'll probably get cast in that maybe, 
And I did it just for fun. And then and then I got cast. And, and who do you play? I play a General Cartwright. And you kill it. I it's apparently. so funny. It <laughs> that's is what so I, funny. That's what I hear. Yeah. It, it, it is so important and such a funny, funny role that you knock out of the park. But the mission of this theater has got to be sure. something to you as well, Well, of I'm course, sure. because my, my sister has uh, ovarian cancer. She got diagnosed last year. And that was because I was living in L.A. for 10 years, almost 10 years. And one of the reasons I moved back uh, was because my sister has has cancer and she just got a divorce and you know, her, her daughters are doing their thing. And so I was like, I have to, I have to step up. I didn't have a choice. And uh, I mean, I would have done it anyway, but I still also, you know, I had to do it. And, uh, and my mom's 75, she can't drive her everywhere. You know? And, mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't know about the hope boxes, uh, mission until after, until after I auditioned. In fact, I don't really? even know if I knew until after I got cast. That's cool. Yeah. That's so, really cool. I was like, oh, and so I, I that's found out. Especially that, with your connection with your sister there and her trial. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It was interesting. That's a gift. And it, it's interesting because every day it seems like uh, we emphasize on, uh, well, we emphasize on Margo, obviously. She's the one who is our pick for this. Yeah, the recipient. So they pick, a, yeah. they pick a different one every show. Every show. Literally yeah. every show. Yep. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's going to be interesting to meet her. I, Don't you think? I'm really nervous to meet Mara. <laughs> right? I feel like I feel like I'm her son or something. Well, it's how I long we've like been working. I just hope for that we her. like you know come through. You know, I think I think we're good. Well, I, think I think she'll be all right. Too. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me, of and thanks course. for being a cool member of the cast. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for saying that I'm a cool that I'm cool. Yep. <laughs> Checks in the mail, right? Yeah, okay. I wish. <laughs> thanks. Here was Luke Howder. That that is the correct correct pronunciation, which I would never have known had I not heard you say it a hundred times already. So. I say my own name every time I walk into any room. I walk <laughs> in and I say, it's me, Luke Howarder. Uh, I say that a million times and they still misspelled it on the program. Did they really? Yes. If you look in the program, I am Luke Houtner. Ah, with an N. With an N. I don't know where they got the N from, but they, they found it. And boy, they find things. Well, when you walk in the room and announce your arrival, it really hurts the element of surprise. So. Well, in a way, some people say it's the most surprising. Okay. Well, sh- shocking is the word I'd use. Uh, disturbing. Sure. Yeah. I go for the shock factor entirely. <laughs> I do not care to be so. <laughs> uh, I had the pleasure of being on your podcast recently. Why don't you plug that here for a quick second? Yes. I, I, I host a podcast called Underqualified Idiocracy. It is a uh, comedy podcast. It's a sort of a parody of talk shows. And I think it's really funny, and a couple other people agree. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really funny. You've got a Patreon page. I do have a Patreon page. That's just my name. So it's patreon.com slash Luke Howder, and there's lots of bonus content. We actually do our own version of a movie podcast on there. Not, to, not to rival yours. I mean, it wouldn't rival ours, but it's I mean, <laughs> I have no threat. No threat to you. No, of course, I think you guys probably take it a little more seriously than we do, but we're comedy based in everything we do. So we basically just pick movies and laugh at them. The last movie we did was uh, Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, one of his better works. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he plays an ordinary guy. <laughs> I'm an ordinary guy in Milwaukee. Yeah. If there ever were a good casting for an ordinary guy, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, all right. Who do you play in the show and how did you get involved? Right. Uh, so I play Society Max in the show. I'm one of the gamblers. I'm, I'm sort of – I hang around. Uh, I, <laughs> getting involved, I – I heard about the Hope Box a few months ago. I'm kind of new to the Utah theater scene, but I did a show called Much Do About Nothing, which uh, some people saw and liked. Other people saw and uh, 
didn't comment, but <laughs> I had a grand old time and there were several people in that show that were talking about the Hope Box. And as soon as I found out about their mission in supporting those battling cancer, I told myself, like, I have to find a show to do there. And Guys and Dolls sort of was just the first show I came across that I felt comfortable auditioning for. I, I can sing. I can I can act. I don't think I can dance very well. And doing all three at the same time is almost always a disaster for me. <laughs> so I had to find a show that I was very, very comfortable committing to where I'm like, I think I understand this and I think I can execute what the director wants. Yeah. And I was really lucky that Guys and Dolls seemed like one that fit really well. And I was just super excited to be able to do something so fun that also gives back so much. Well, you and, and several of the other gamblers and the Mission doll or mission dolls, mission uh, people, missionaries, that's the word for it, and hot box dolls. You may not be the, the leads of the show, but in every single scene, there's at least three of you that are stealing the show. <laughs> and it, it makes the show. It's why you, it's, it, yeah, you need to come see the show to support Margot. But the yes. actors and actresses that you need to see first, next, are the gamblers, the hot box girls. And the missionaries, because it's so fun to watch you guys de uh, develop your characters. Sure, it's great to let my ego be validated in such a way. <laughs> where every scene I'm in, I go, please, please look at me. I want your attention so much. And for Austin to say that that's acting, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate Thank it. You. Um, I'm Joseph Staley, S-T-A-H-L-E. I all thought this whole time when it was stall or stall A. Or I mean, whenever I got calls from the school, it was stay hole, so... And you're like, nope, no Joseph Stayhole here. Stayhole's gone. <laughs> Not today. Where are you from, Joseph? Centerville, just nearby here. Um, I moved to Virginia for about a year, but then I moved back. What did you so, do for in Virginia? Um, my parents just kind of wanted a change in their life, so I was there and just went to school there. I lived in Virginia for a summer. Well, Bethesda, Maryland, but I worked in Virginia. So Yeah, I lived uh, right in the heart of Richmond. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, how long have you been acting? Um, well, since I was a little kid, I had like a small part in my elementary school play. Which was what? Um, Can You Dig It? It was a musical about like, it was basically Bill and Ted, an excellent adventure. And what was <laughs> your role? Um, I was leader of Mesopotamia. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. Right. And you just caught the bug. Yeah. Well, my family has always just loved theater. So they always would take me when I was little. Like my earliest memory is like I was four and they took me to Aida down at Tuacon. Wow. Right. And it's just, I remember the fireworks after my strongest suit and I was hooked. <laughs> they had fireworks. Yeah. They had fireworks. On my strongest suit. Wow. That, not that that show needs more fireworks. It's right. pretty I mean, powerful it's show. flashy. But when you're outside in the desert, right. why not do it? Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, is this your first time doing Guys and Dolls? Um, no. Technically, I have been a stage manager for the show before. Okay. Um, it was at Farmington High School last year. I had stage managed the show and had to step in a couple times to just kind of read lines or do the dances just to kind of fill space. So you were familiar with Guys and Dolls. Oh, you yeah. hadn't really been cast in it. Um, I, I had actually tried out for Nicely Nicely Johnson, uh -huh. um, but basically my director's like, I'm sorry, I just really need you backstage helping me. You were too good at your job. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No. And she was like, she's like, um, if we didn't need you, you probably would have been nicely. But she was like, well, I really need you backstage. Oh, man. Right. Well, that you got. I'm sure you had a lot of fun doing that, too. Right. So tell everyone what roles you play in this. Show. I play three roles. Yeah. Um, I am the drunk that reverts. <laughs> I'm also in the mission and a little thing between us, but um, I'm Charlie, the slave driver owner of the hot box, which my character, Nathan Detroit's fiance, Adelaide, works for you. Yep. And you are 
uh, you're running a racket, really. I oh, think yeah, it's really. a front for the mafia. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, you say you play three roles. I've always thought that you're drunk then converted to he the He kind mission. of does, okay. yes. All right. Yes, but... Um, but then like, you start corrupting the other missionaries. Oh, well, like... <laughs> well, technically, Amy's already corrupted. That's right. That's right. So, like... But we start corrupting, like, Savannah. So, it's fun, though. Whose dad is the music director. Oh, yeah. And he seems to be fine with it. So. Oh, yeah. And he's like... He's like... She's hanging out with the best crowd she can. <laughs> uh, why should people come see Guys and Dolls? It's just an amazing show, and it has such a spirit about it. And, like, everyone in the cast is amazing. Both casts are just beyond phenomenal and it's just it's definitely a show you don't want to miss and what does the mission especially uh margo flint's struggle mean to you and why you attach yourself so uh deeply to that well personally um i have not known anybody with cancer or anything really with that but like really that's rare yeah, yeah. no i've i've just i just have known hardship in my life too not as hard as cancer for sure like that is the hardest thing you could go through and it's just i want to support anybody in any way possible that i can even if it's just me going up on stage and getting knocked out by a purse and and the other night you finally got to throw up in somebody's purse oh yeah yeah like and the lady gave me such a face of disgust i heard i heard i I heard a second hand that she was looking through her purse Mm -hmm. you threw up in it of course acting threw up you don't i don't want people to be like i'm not going to that show uh and she then stopped and went oh great or oh wonderful yeah she stared me dead in the eyes and went well that's just great isn't it (laughs) and i was like I'm sorry. And it, like I can't apologize. So I had to like kind of like play it off and be like, sorry. And that's right at the start of the show. Oh, yeah. That people have to wait long to see you lose it. Right. <laughs> so at least just come pay money to at least see me vomit. Yeah, least. it's uh, worth it. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Joseph, thanks for a few minutes. No and problem. You're, you're great. You are so funny. Oh, thank you. I was telling Charlotte, I was telling everybody, every single character, whether scripted or created in this show, is worth seeing just for what you guys are doing. Oh, totally. Every, one, every single person is worth just seeing for them. It's, it's true. A, it's fun. It's amazing. It's an amazing show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thank it. You. All right. Thanks for uh, listening and uh, appreciating and joining in with us there at Hope Box Theater. Come see the show. Donate what you can. Help out how you can. If you can't see the show, share these interviews that it'll be at 1280thezone.com or or just share by word of mouth about the show we would love to fill those seats up each and every night for margo yeah absolutely so That's thank great. you adrian thanks for letting us be part yeah, of that i'd love to uh, hear from everyone involved in the place coming up next we'll wrap up this week's edition of the movie zone with some quick movie news and rumors don't go anywhere You're locked on to the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Leiser on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on the Movie Zone. Adrian Leiser, Austin Horton with you. Soundtrack of the week, Indiana Jones. The theme song, because Harrison Ford is in a new movie at Megaplex this week, Call of the Wild. Check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Could be good. Could be really bad. Might just be a ho-hum. Adrian, you're giving it a $5 Tuesday, and I yeah. think it fits. Yeah. I, I, I Whatever. Harumph. <laughs> I think you're just... It's like you're going to get what you're going to get out of it. I wouldn't expect it to be life-changing, but maybe a good family night out. Well, speaking of Indiana Jones... Okay. Indiana Jones 5... Yeah, it, it, it's happening. Indiana Jones has... There's, I guess, two technically good Indiana Jones movies. 
The Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I liked all three of the first You liked ones. the Temple of Doom? Yeah. I did not. Yeah. Didn't like that at all. Certainly did not care for Crystal Skulls or Kingdom of the Skull Crystal or whatever it is. And now they're doing a fifth one. Uh, and there's been some debate about how it should be set up, but it won't be with Shia LaBeouf. I, there, there's Shia LaBeouf I don't think will be part of Indiana Jones 5. Uh, yeah. Sad I, about that? No, I didn't really like Crystal Skulls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm not a huge fan of Shia LaBeouf. I, I like some of his work, so I can't say that necessarily. And I, I never got to see the Peanut Butter Falcon, but it sounds like it was kind of a good return to kind of good acting out of Shia LaBeouf, you know? But, uh, didn't really fill the role. He was, you know, back then he was very popular. What was that? 12 years yeah, ago, by he, the way. He, he was very popular coming off of Even Stevens, out of Holes, and he did. He was tra- I Legend. Yeah. Or I Robot. I Robot Sorry. and Transformers, and, you know, he, he was kind of. Transformers probably got his yeah, movie was, career going. And he was yeah. up and coming, you know, and then obvious various other things, personal reasons, kind of soured people's opinions on him, but he doesn't need to be back. But I, I kind of hope it's somebody like. You know, somebody new. I, I don't know. I hope it's not like a Chris Pratt or something. You know, like, right? Like someone who's in a ton of other movies, and you're just waiting. And I love Chris Pratt. Don't get me wrong. Wrong. I think he's fabulous. But someone who's just constantly jumping from franchise to franchise, and they're just in this rotation of we'll see him in Avengers, then we'll see him in Jurassic World, then we'll see him in Indiana Jones. You know, somebody maybe who could be the next up and coming. Has Oscar Isaac gotten to that level for you? Because of Star Wars? No. Because I think he's an incredible yeah, actor. I, but you don't see him in a lot of stuff. Right. So, so I would like someone like yeah, that. Someone like that, maybe. All right. Uh, so there you go. Indiana Jones. It will not be with Shia LaBeouf. Apparently, Steven Spielberg hates his guts. Oh, well, so. all right. Uh, speaking of movies that will no longer be with an actor, Austin. Okay. Uh, ben Affleck was talking about why he left, decided to axe his Batman movie that he had signed on to direct and script. Uh, he opened up an interview with the New York Times, talked about how uh, just the production troubles of justice league just hmm. totally soured him on the whole remember there was tons of rewrites they cut a director and brought in a new director to try to save it yeah they're constantly reshooting things he just said he what had a mess enough. he'd had enough with the dc thing and he was moving on well good because we've had enough of you with the dc thing you were yes. a bad batman yes i'm mm-hmm. sorry to say yeah uh good news if you're a pixar fan you mentioned onward the latest disney pixar that is opening march 6th but there's a seven-movie Pixar marathon at Megaplex right. Theaters for you to uh, partake in on Saturday, February 29th. You get, uh, uh, you get the seven movies, including uh, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, Wally Up, and then it will culminate with an advanced screening... Cool. Of Onward on Man, February 29th. Uh, we once did our top five Pixar movies. We did that once. Yes. And it was incredibly hard for both of us to right. even figure any of that out. But uh, I think that's a good lineup. Hard to pick the perfect seven. Yeah, that's tough. If you're going to do a... And of course, I, I, we'd have to ask Jeff Whipple over at Megaplex how they chose these seven. I'm sure it's a lot to do with what licenses they sure, could get yeah, yeah. at the time. But uh, almost all of the the only one I don't really care for is Ratatouille and Wally. But that's just because it's an incredible movie. 
I've just never been able to last through it. Right, and those those two, Austin, are in my top five. Really, yeah. Ratatouille? Yeah, ah. and, and Wally. Wally's my wife's favorite movie of all time. Right. So that's why her and I are best friends. Uh, so there you go. Get your uh, tickets in advance at Megaplex Theaters for the seven movie Pixar screening, including the advanced screening February 29th of Onward. So cool that uh, Megaplex, they continue to do cool marathons like that. Yep. That's going to do it for the Movie Zone this week. We rambled enough. We did enough. Big, th- big thanks to our guests today. Yes, thank you. Uh, go see, come see, I should say, Guys and Dolls at Hope Box Theater. As always, you can partake in the uh, movie zone at Austin Horton, at AP Lizer on Twitter. And uh, good job, man. You as well. It's good to be back. He's Adrian Lizer. I'm Austin Horton. We'll see you next week on the movie zone.